Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor podcast features Sunday sermon. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. So, Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your kindness and generosity. Thank you, Lord, for each person that's chose to show up this morning. I just ask God that um, as you know what it is that um, is, is going on inside of each one of them, um, you know their thoughts, you know their hurts, you know their struggles, um, challenges. Um, I just ask, Lord, that you would meet each person where they're at. And I don't pretend to know what each person needs, but I trust that you do. And I trust that the things that you've placed in my heart today will impart Um, reach them where they're at. And so it's great to partner with you today, Lord. Thank you for your strength and courage and help in Jesus' name. Amen. So, yeah, it's amazing to have this opportunity to be with you guys and speak to you. Um, Thank you for showing up. I want to talk to you a little bit about... um, some things that we've been going through as a family today and the transitions that we've been in and all of the uh, different ramifications of that. Uh, I wanted to bring that to you today. So the title of today's message is Out With The Old and In With The New. And oftentimes we're, um, if you're in the congregation and you're in the process of getting on the older end of the spectrum, a lot of times we take that personal and or we would take a phrase like that personal because the, sometimes this perception is, is that the younger generation is trying to get rid of the older generation. Um, that's not how we see things here. Um, I'm a firm believer in the development of each generation And I believe that each generation has a distinct purpose. John Eldridge has a great teaching about the seasons of a a man's life. It it applies to women as well. He talks about um, boyhood. He talks about um, the warrior, king, sage. And all of those seasons are reflective of a different age group and the importance of that age group. And a lot of times our culture... Well, we get to the place where we're retired and it's almost like a dismissal takes place. And that retired person steps out of the marketplace into a retired status and our culture will sometimes dismiss them from that point forward. Not true, certainly not true in the kingdom. Um, John Eldridge's teaching talks about the, the warrior stage, like in your 20s and 30s. King stage is 
40s, 50s, sage 60s, 70s. And basically, you know what a warrior is. They're just wanting to kill somebody or whatever. They're just wanting to go to battle. They're just wanting to win a, win a war, fight a battle, um, rescue the beauty, whatever. And then the king stage, their primary role, 40s, 50s, generally, is to gather warriors around them and realize that the warriors have a distinct purpose and they have the energy, the strength, the stamina to be a warrior. And a king's role is to encourage warriors and empower warriors to be strong on behalf of their community, nation, etc. But you get to that sage part and we get all awkward. You know, that's retirement. What do we do with those guys, you know? What is their value? They're not contributing to the workforce so much as we're accustomed to. Um, and so we have this awkward transition or potentially awkward transition. But I want to challenge you this morning with that sage season. If you're kind of looking at the out with the old and in with the new thing and you're like braced already for some sort of you know, nuclear attack here, that sage season, I feel like, is one of the most important and valuable seasons. That season is when in your 60s, 70s, and beyond, you've been through some stuff. You've seen life happen. You've experienced some hardships and challenges that the younger generation, even the kings, maybe haven't gone through. You've weathered some tough stuff. You've seen culture shift and, and change and you've, you've just been through and seen a lot, of, a lot of things. Seeing all of that has given you the potential to have wisdom that the younger generations haven't arrived at yet. Don't underestimate the contribution that this season of your life has to um, offer. Gather those kings around you. Don't hide from them. Gather them around you. Encourage them. Speak into their life. Let them know that you're not in competition with them, but you're there to encourage them and support them. It's kind of like that grandfather figure comes along and uh, just has this unique relationship with the grandchildren type of thing. Value that season, those of you that are getting older. Value that season. If you're looking toward that retirement age and, and it's kind of like getting awkward for you, maybe exciting in some respects, um, because the whole work thing does change, but realize kingdom-wise, your value is increasing the older that you get. And we need you in this place fully engaged with all that God has for you and, um, and beyond. So anyway, that's free. It wasn't really a part of anything that I was going to say today. So uh, there you go. I want to read a scripture. You can follow along if you like in Isaiah chapter 42 and verse 9. It says, Behold, the former things have come to pass and new things I declare. Before they spring forth, I will tell you of them. God is doing a new thing continually. He wants us to enter into that new thing with him. And oftentimes we're not sure exactly what it is that he's up to. 
You ever been in that spot where you know something's stirring in you? You've uh, felt the, the anointing of God shifting your world and, and uh, you know when that happens that there's a change coming. Well, that happens really to all of us. We go through different changes in our life and oftentimes we just get familiar with the spot that we're in and all of a sudden we're getting ready to, to change again. Maybe it's a, a job change or maybe you're shifting from one house or one community to the next or some of you have recently come to the Anchor Church and you're kind of trying to get used to the Anchor Church and all of its um, nuances and getting used to a new pastor and all the people and the way things are done here. So we're going to go on a little bit of a journey. Um, Exodus chapter 6 and verse 1 through 9. I want to read that. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh, for with a strong hand he will let them go, and with a strong hand he will drive them out of his land. And God spoke to Moses and said, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty, but by my name, Lord, I was not known to them. I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage, in which they were strangers. I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant. Therefore, say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. I bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will rescue you from their bondage, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. I will take you as my people, and I will be your God, and then you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will bring you into the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I will give it to you as an heritage. I am the Lord. So Moses spoke thus to the children of Israel, but they did not heed Moses because of anguish of spirit and cruel bondage. So they're in this opportunity, this spot, where God has a plan to deliver them. He wants to bring them into a place of promise. He wants to bring them into a healthy place. He wants them to to come with him into a, this new journey where their lives will change, their, their situation will change, their experience will change, their, the bondage will, will actually go away and he'll bring them into a, a, a new and favored place. So this is his promise. He wants to rescue them. But because, have you heard the expression, I'm sure you have, um, I can't see the forest for the trees. Oftentimes we get so overwhelmed by our current circumstances that we can't even begin to process how life could be different than it is right now. So life can be and is very often overwhelming. It can be very difficult. It can be very hard, can be punishing. But in spite of that, we need to be aware that in a moment's notice, everything that we can, our experience at any given time, God can step into that moment 
and bring change and transformation that blows our mind. He's very capable. The wilderness experience that we experience, I believe, is important. It's in the wilderness times that we learn dependence on God in a greater way. When our life may be falling apart or, or we're in a, a difficult season where we don't know what to do or everything is broken and we don't even know where to start to try to bring something to repair or our life to repair, it's in those seasons where we have the opportunity to cry out to God. And oftentimes we do. Sometimes we cry out in anger, right? Because we're emotional people. Sometimes we're, sometimes we're lashing out based on the things that we're going through, the feelings that we have, the emotions, the psychological trauma, whatever. There's this perception or understanding that God may be doing something, but actually being able to receive it for our own in any given moment or in the moments where we're at our worst, it's very difficult sometimes to see the forest for the trees. And so we come up against that forest and it can be overwhelming. We come up against life and it can be overwhelming. We come up against something that we didn't plan for and it can take us to our knees. But I want you to know today that God fully intends to bring you through and to bring you out into a promised place. When God gives you a promise and his word is full of promises, when God gives you a promise, he fully intends to complete that promise. It doesn't mean that from the point of the promise to the actual fulfilling of the promise is going to be all rosy and perfect and easy. The wilderness is the place that's in between the promise when the promise is revealed and then when the promise is realized, the wilderness is in between those two things. It's a wilderness sandwich. Yeah, we'll stick with peanut butter and jelly. Thank you. Christmas time, 2020. Um, God was doing a work in us as a family. And usually at the beginning, kind of, I don't know, after Thanksgiving, we start kind of asking each other or asking the Lord, you know, what are you going to, what's, what's going on for this coming year? What's the focus? What are you wanting to do? Um, what are you saying? Um, what do you want our hearts to be aligned with? That kind of thing. Usually it's not nearly as spiritual as that just sounded, but we're asking. And uh, usually there's a phrase or a, a thought or a word that he'll give us that kind of lends itself to us knowing um, what he wants to, to do in that coming year. And this particular fall, he said to us, out with the old, in with the new. Now, we have lived on a family farm for the last 25 years. We did some, we left for four years and went to North Carolina. But anyway, we've had the family farm for 20 some years. 
and figured that was kind of our destination forever, you know, or whatever. Um, you just don't sell the family farm. We did sell the family farm, but I'm getting to that. <laughs> so God started dealing with us about this out with the old, in with the new. And if you've ever lived on an old main anything, um, that's what it is, old. That's uh, main, yeah. Messy. It's like the phrase would kind of be, yeah, that's good enough. Yeah, that's good enough. We tore open the walls when we did a major renovation when we first got the house. And you could tell that was their philosophy. That's good enough. It's like, it's like, it's like, there wasn't a straight stud in the place. It was just, just anything they could tack a lath to. It didn't matter what, what it looked like in there. They were going to cover, cover it up with plaster. You know, the wiring was all wonky when there was wiring. You know, they had a sawmill and the upstairs walls were packed full of sawdust for insulation. I'm like, yeah, that's not a fire hazard with knob and tube wiring, you know what I mean? So glory to God in the highest. So, um, you know, we're, we're in this old place and, um, you know, making it work and figured it was our assignment until Jesus comes. And God said, out with the old and in with the new. So we translated that. Okay, this place needs another good cleaning. Uh, my dad was a hoarder. He just hoarded trucks, big trucks, semi-trucks, old trailers, like semi-truck trailers. Those were all full of stuff that he might need someday. And for 50 years, he'd been saving. For what? We never could figure out. But you never know when you might need that thing. So we had been, he passed away about five years ago. And so for that five years, we were trying our best to make the place look presentable. If you went by the Carl Farm on 105 on both sides of the road, it was just this little spot of chaos. Stuff everywhere. And so my wife is not so much a, I grew up there, you know, so it wasn't, you just kind of get used to your own mess, you know. And uh, God bless America, you just, yeah, you're a Mainer. No biggie. Well, she, uh, she didn't like it so much, but. She's going to talk about that in a second. But um, our thought was to just clean her up a little bit, spruce her up a little bit, you know, put some paint on the old barn and, and uh, get her done. So we were kind of sprucing. And, and the more you spruce a 18-something house, the more there is to spruce. And so we just kept sprucing, you know. And, and then we started pining. You know, because we didn't want to do it anymore and whatever. But we were faithful. We kept at it. We kept at it. Kept at it. And uh, God kept saying, out with the old and with the new. And we're like, we're trying, man. You know, <laughs> we're trying. We didn't create this mess completely. That's some of my stuff there too. But I want to uh, let my wife come and share some of her thoughts. Because 
When you're going through transition and God speaks to you that he wants to bring you to the promised land, there's a few things that's happening. There may be a physical transition, maybe the place or the whatever, physical stuff has to happen. But there's also a psychological battle that's taking place. There's an emotional battle taking place. It's kind of like watching my dad whenever he would try to like sort stuff out. You could tell there was like this emotional trauma of, gosh, I can't let go of that. That was my father's or that was my great-grandfather's or, you know, um, she sent me a picture one day. (laughs) Maybe you've seen it on the internet, but it's like this really rusted out old car like really rusted out, like flat on the ground, just like rust, no doors, no anything, just rust, you know, this, this rusty colored rust ground and uh, four tires, you know, kind of standing up. And they were like, she, the caption was, um, don't throw that away. I might do something with that someday. <laughs> and uh, there would be nothing you could do with it. So anyway... So she's going to come and talk about a little bit of the emotional um, and psychological process. So in one of our family meetings um, in October of 2018, I had asked everyone to share their dreams and their visions for the coming year. I think we Zoomed some of our kids in. So November 11th, 2018, this is what I read to our family in our family meeting. This was my dream and vision. So I put my dream vision with a question mark behind it, because to be honest, I wasn't sure I even had a dream and a vision. I want to dream again, and I feel that staying here in the property gives no opportunity for that. All I know about the place is work, 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 and it's never in order. Pieces of it may get started and maybe something completed, but it's mostly undone everywhere. I hate my lists. The basement, the porch, the windows, the garage, the junk, the multiple cars, the bathrooms needing fixed, the trailers, the, quote, buildings that sit around, all for some use, somewhere, someday. I don't believe the some days will ever come. Most of the things needing completed rely on one person, Brian, who does not have the time to fully complete anything here or to even tell us what to do. It used to rely on another person, Stuart, my father-in-law, who would never give permission to do anything here, including painting our own house. I've just wanted to have my own dream of what I want in a home and property. I want to have a place where when I look out the window, I see beauty, like the beauty I saw at Lysine Valley Farm or Coolwaters Farm, where we were taken when we were looking at property. I stopped dreaming about how that could be here. So if we stay, what does it really look like to, together, put the place in order? I guess I need to walk the land and know what our property really is. But I don't even want to dream about that if across the street isn't available. And there's still junk across the street that will then need to be cleaned up. It all buries me, and I don't want to be buried. I want my porch, my home, my entryway to be beautiful, and it's not. It's dirty and filled. The tension with this property, that it won't really be in order and beautiful, like drive by and say, wow, that feels good, and you drive in and feel like you can breathe and rest here. I want joy here, 
So I choose joy, and I do trust my God, our God, who brings chaos back into order, the King of glory, the great restorer, the master builder, the restorer of broken dreams, the repairer of breaches, is in the walls. So wherever he leads, that's where I, where we, will go forth for his glory to be seen and known in us. Thank you. So in that, you see the emotion, you know, the hopelessness, really. How? You know, probably similar to what the um, Israelites felt. They had become, they, they were 430-some years in, in Egypt bondage. So they had been there for generations, really. And it's all they knew. There had been a part of that that was favorable because of Joseph, you know, in that whole season. But now there they rose up a Pharaoh that did not know Joseph and everything changed, not for the better, for the worse. And so in that bondage time, you know, they had lived in it for so long that they forgot what life could be like. They forgot how good things could be. And maybe you're in that spot where you've forgotten how things could be. Or you've forgotten that God is bigger than our stuck place. He's bigger than where we feel like we can't move from. I need you to know today, one, that God loves you like completely and unconditionally. He's madly in love with you. You're not a disappointment to him. He's madly in love with you. He created you, created your personality, created your, your, your way. He created your heart. And then he said, it is good. Yeah. It doesn't mean that we don't have issues, right? We, we have issues. We got stuff. We got problems. We got issues. I don't know. It's just issues. Just, we're, we're a hot mess half the time. But God knows you. He knows how you're wired. He knows how he's created you. And oftentimes, because we're pursuing this thing of trying to fulfill the expectations of people around us, we forgot that God made us as a unique individual who he's crazy about and he's so proud of. It doesn't mean that we don't have work to do. It doesn't mean that we don't have seasons of change that he's going to lead us through. But where you are right now, who you are right now, he's absolutely proud of you. Pat yourself on the back. Good job. Good job. Honestly, that's the way it is. That's the way it works. And so from that place of strength, God will then bring us through wilderness seasons. You know, if you go into a wilderness season and you already feel like a, a, a supreme low-life failure, right? How is that going to work? Because you're already in a bad place. But if you go into a wilderness already in a bad place, it's probably not going to get better. Or you're not going to be able to process what God is wanting to do in that wilderness. 
There's good stuff that happens in the wilderness, but you also have to go into that wilderness aware of how God sees you. And if you see yourself as a failure from the beginning or a disappointment from the beginning, then the season of the wilderness can't produce in you the good things that it's intended to do. So that's why in the very beginning, I want you to understand that God is for you and not against you. He has a plan to do excellently on your behalf. He has a promised land, whatever that is, for whatever season or moment that you're in, there is a promised land attached to your journey right now. You're not stuck. You're not unforgivable. You're not as much as you feel like you might be a hot mess, you're not a hot mess. You're God's creation. And he said, that is good. He created man and his likeness and image, and he called it good. Are we still man? Are we still woman? We're kind of confused in our culture today, but whatever, you know, help us, Jesus. But he said, when he created us, he liked his creation. He likes you. He likes you. He likes you. You're kind of his favorite. Honestly. Everybody's his favorite. I'm special to God. I told the first service, there's times when God just shows up and I didn't even invite him. He'll show up in the weirdest places. I'll just be driving around in my truck, you know, going and thinking about all this stuff I got to think. Boom, he'll show up in my truck. And it's like the whole thing just becomes this emotional, like, yeah, you know when he shows up. And I'll just start boohooing because God's so much more amazing than anything else that we could be listening to or doing. And he loves us so much that he knows when we need a fix. He knows when we need a shot, an injection of his kindness and his goodness and his love and his mercy. So God is for you. It's not against you. He has a plan and a purpose, and he's got a promised land. All right? So now, when we go into the wilderness, whatever that looks like, it can be a positive thing. We can go into the wilderness, and, and, and it will be like, okay, it's really different than what we're used to, but we know God's taking us somewhere in it. So if we're convinced that God is taking us somewhere in every spot that we find ourselves in, in our journey, there can be some confidence to know he's working all things for our good and for his glory. That's what the word says. So he's working good stuff on our behalf. He's for us. He's not against us. So we're going through this wilderness when we're moving from the old to the new, you will be challenged in each of the above areas, the psychological, the emotional, the spiritual, the physical. You will be challenged. You'll go through some stuff. You'll be challenged that way. The enemy will sense the shift. He's always around. 
in spite of how much God loves us and how, much, how amazing his plan is and the destination is, you know, the enemy's always around. He's always wanting to destroy what good God is doing in our world, in our life, personally, etc. So the enemy, what will he do? He'll try to keep you in a place that God is trying to move you from or he'll try to keep you from the place that God is trying to bring you to. He doesn't care how it works. He just doesn't want you to be where God is intending you for you to be. Because he knows that when you step into God's plan and purpose and place, it's going to be a powerful season in your life. He doesn't want you to go there. So the enemy will then he'll mess with your mind. Right? You ever felt like you're losing your mind? The enemy will mess with your mind, though. He will lie to you. He will tell you things that are not true about how God feels about you. He will let you know that you are a disappointment. It's a lie, but that's what he's going to say to you. You're a disappointment. Whenever you hear that disappointment line, can you just agree with me right now that you are not going to believe that line? Because it's a lie. It's not, a, it's not true. It's a plan of the enemy to keep you from going where God has taken you to subvert God's plan for your, your future. There will be emotional attacks. Mess with your feelings. You ever just been in a spot where you just start crying for no reason? I walk in sometimes and my wife's just crying. What'd I do now? days. <laughs> Okay, just let me go out to the garage. Uh, if you need me, I'll be working on something. Because we're emotional, and the enemy will mess with our emotions, right? Sometimes we don't get weepy, we just get mad. And we don't even know why. We're just mad. Maybe we're looking at circumstances, and we're seeing things in the natural, and we just get angry, frustrated, hurt, whatever. The place is a mess. And that husband of mine is never going to clean it up. And I, yeah. There will be a spiritual battle during these times. Right? He'll just attack any way he can to get you distracted. And I distracted from God's got a promised land. God's got a promise. He's got a plan and it's a good plan. And he's working something amazing in my life right now if I don't let the enemy distract me from the good that God is doing. Do you know when we get in the wilderness, there will be times when God will expose stuff that's out of order and out of alignment in our life? Is that to harm us? Holy smoke, of course not. It's for our good. He wants to expose things that are out of order so that he can help us bring... If you don't know that something's out of order, how can you fix it? right? It's like when you go to the car guy and you don't know what's wrong with your truck or your car. You know, my truck's doing this weird thing right now where I turn the key and you turn the key and it just kind of starts itself. Well, it, you turn the key and it goes through its starting itself routine and then it won't start. It's just going, and I'm not holding the key. It's just, so maybe somebody knows what that is. I'd appreciate your help afterwards. But, but I'm like, what is wrong with you? I don't know what's wrong with it. But 
keep starting. So we just, I'm a good mainer. Just keep her running. <laughs> Give us some. Yeah, good enough. Yeah, you started again there. Thank you, Bob. So sometimes we don't know what's wrong. We don't know what's going on. But God does. And he's going to show you in that wilderness season what you can, what you can work on. He's not mad at you. He's just trying to help us. Trying to help us get what we can't get by ourselves. Amen? So just um, embrace those moments. So here we are. You know, we're thinking, okay, out with the old, in with the new. So that's the word for the year. So we're going to start working feverishly to get rid of the old and, and fix the old, old place up. And here we go. We're working feverishly, working on stuff, and uh, just never seem to get there. And the more you do, the more needs to be done. And the more you fix, and the more, you know, you get this wall painted, you know, and the other wall needs painted. And, and it's like this vicious cycle of, yeah, trying to keep paint on the old place. But what is amazing about God is that he has a plan that is like so far oftentimes beyond what we're thinking. Like we heard in with the, out with the old, in with the new, and I immediately had a picture of what that meant. It's like, she's already telling me that. Now God's telling me, so I better get my can in gear. So immediately, I think I know what he's talking about, right? And so we just start working harder to fix stuff. And the truth is, God didn't have that in mind at all. I was working on a, we had developed a subdivision and uh, we were building the road and, and all that stuff. And, and uh, um, I was actually digging the first foundation hole for our spec house. And uh, we're gonna sell the lot, but also build the spec house. And as I was digging that hole, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, it's a pretty cool spot. How'd you like to live here? I'm like, yeah, that's the devil. <laughs> I can't sell the farm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's been in the family for generations. You can't sell it. You don't sell the family farm. And uh, so I kept digging, and God kept digging. And uh, so that whole night I went home, and it was bothering me so much that I mentioned it to my wife. And then, of course, she gets right on the thing and lets everybody know that what I'm feeling and what I'm thinking. And, and uh, I was a little bit taken back and shocked by how quickly everybody got on board and uh, they were all ready to sell the farm. So um, long story short, you know, uh, we talked to the realtor and, you know, it's right in the kind of in, I don't know, May, June-ish. And uh, the, the, the market was kind of getting wonky already. It was slipping a little bit. And I was like, yeah, as usual, I've waited till the last minute and, and the, and the you know, season's done and, and well, uh, the season wasn't done. We had it on the market for about two weeks 
and uh, we had a practically full offer. Uh, not just the two acre, we listed it two ways, two acres in the house or the whole 15 acres. And uh, they wanted it all. And it was like God was saying, you're not holding on to even a centimeter of this place. Out with the old, in with the new. And I'm like, <laughs> that's what you meant. And uh, so in our minds, we think we know how much God loves us and how much he wants to transition our lives for his honor, for his glory, for his purposes, and for ours. He knows in 2018, just like he heard Israel's cry, God heard her cry. He probably isn't moving us because of me. <laughs> he knows I would just be a mainer, you know what I mean, and deal with it or whatever. Just make sure we got the wood in for the next year. <laughs> So I think one of the important things to note is right in the beginning of my notes, I wrote, somebody said it, I didn't come up with this, um, and you'll recognize it, I'm sure. But it says the opportunity of a lifetime must be seized within the lifetime of the opportunity. So oftentimes, because we have a tendency to be like the children of Israel and we aren't willing to enter into or engage with God's promise for that season, we can miss the opportunity. And we kind of wander around for a little longer. He's, he's not abandoning in us and he's not stopped loving us and all that stuff stays the same. But what we do, we might take another, we might take another lap around the wilderness that he was like, yeah, we could have skipped that lap. Uh, I was ready to go. I, you know, I'm ready for you to get into this promised land, but sometimes we have to take another lap, you know, um, because we're, we're just not able to engage. Um, or maybe our leadership is engaged, but we're just kind of used to following the leader. And, and, uh, but God wants us engaged in our process. A leader can only do so much for you, be honest with you. A leader, Pastor Quentin, as awesome as he is, he really couldn't have done this process that I just described for you about what went on in our life. It's, it's just something that me and my family had to, had to process through. And it was a, an agreement thing. And we had to come into agreement. It was a process of actually believing. Even though we didn't understand the magnitude of what God was wanting to do, we, we tried to interpret the best that we could and we rolled with it, you know. Um, you kind of go with what information you got, even if it's not quite all the information. He will fill in the gaps eventually. He will, you know, make it clearer as you go. Um, but the, the, the important part is, yes, Lord, I, I want to engage. I want to I wanna follow you into this season that we're getting ready to, because I know you love me and I know you've got a plan and I know that you want us to be um, successful and to, to do well in the earth and to be a representative of your kingdom or whatever. So this vest was uh, a gift from my daughter. It's a nice vest. Um, I had one just like it. It was my favorite. And yeah, there it is. 
That was my other vest. I had, it had been with me through thick and thin, getting thinner. <laughs> it was my holy vest. You know, I'm sure God showed up in my truck with me in that vest at some point. But we were close, you know, but it was about as ugly as they come. And my wife, as soon as she got on board with the out with the old, in with the new, there was lots of my stuff that she declared was part of God's, you know, intervention in our life. And uh, I lost some good stuff in this. Let me tell you, you know, it was a bit manipulative, I think, honestly, where they took advantage of God's goodness and, and added to it that a rusty car, it's gone. You know, I'll never be able to, it's just gone. So my daughter comes to the house one day, we're wrestling over, you know, I was like, I was, I was negotiating for my vest. You know, I was like, you know, there's just times when I'm out in the garage and I'm working on stuff and it's just going to get nasty. I don't want to wear a new vest. I'll just keep it and I'll keep it out in the garage. I mean, nothing I said was going to, nothing, nothing. That vest was destined for the dumpster. It's in the, well, it's not in the dumpster anymore. It's somewhere. It's not in my garage. So my, my daughter came one day and the, I had actually tried my best. It was like an old kind of vintage um, vest. And I, you know, a lot of the newer vests, they have like a nylon thing. And I just like that saddle blanket feel, you know, of the inside of my old comfortable vest. And I, I just didn't want to go into the new world of nylon with that particular thing. And, and so, you know, it's just a thing. And, and uh, so I had looked and I had not been able to find one. Well, she had gone on eBay and she had uh, found almost identical vest and she presented it to me one day and said, okay, <laughs> out with the old and here's the new. So I did choose to do it. I absolutely did. It doesn't mean it wasn't painful. You know, there's a part of me that's missing, you know, and I'll never get it back. No, I'm so thankful for the people around me that love me enough to say, you know, you don't look good in that. It's, uh, it served its time. You look like an old Mainer. So uh, anyway, so I'll leave you with this. You know, God is up to something. He's madly in love with you. He has more in store for you than you can even imagine. So when the enemy comes lying, quote that one. Quote that one because that's what God said over you. Say, just say what God says over you. You don't have to make it up. Just, just find those promises in the word and say that right back because everything else is a lie. Everything else is a distraction to keep you from where God is trying to take you. Amen? Father, we thank you for today. We thank you, Lord, for how patient you are with us. When we really stop and reflect about how much you love us, it, that actually becomes overwhelming because truthfully, apart from you, we really don't have the capacity to, 
to understand, much less um, participate in that kind of unconditional love. But today we take a few moments and we try to wrap our heads around how much you love us. And sometimes, like your word says, we walk by faith and not by sight. We just have to receive what your word says by faith and then do our best to walk it out in the days ahead. God, we need your help to even to walk it out. We need your help to understand and comprehend the eye has not seen, ear has not heard part. We just, we, we can't imagine. We just can't imagine it. Can't put it into words. Can't imagine it. But God, we do trust that you're for us and not against us. And that we receive today. We just receive it. And we say thank you. We invite you to come into our, 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 our spot, wherever we are at any given time. Invade our moments, Lord, with your presence. Let it be a, a moment where we're reminded of how much you love us, how much you care about us, how much you're for us and not against us, how much you're wanting to create environments where we can move forward. So we receive your promises today and we activate them in the name of Jesus. God, help us not to wait for those around us. God, help us not to depend on even our leadership to make it happen for us. God, we trust what you've said. We step into it. And we choose to walk it out in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless. Thank you.